are live for the 139th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I am your host, Matt Luigi, and we're presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. And guys, I'm with Andrew, and I'm with Gene. Tonight, we got a quick episode. We're going to start our preview pods, and we're going to start with the outfield. And guys, who sh- if we're previewing the Yankees outfield, who should we start with? None other Obviously, than Aaron Hicks. <laughs> uh, I was going to you beat me too. I was going to say there's, if you're talking about Yankees and the outfield, the most logical place to start that discussion is Isaiah Connor Falefa. I, I mean, you, you taught me there because I mean, not great way to start the pot with Aaron, Aaron Boone did mention that we could see him in the outfield this year. So talk a little bit about IKF. Maybe we'll see him roaming around out there. Him and his, you know, stellar uh-huh. arm, but yeah, we're just going to you know, quick pod tonight, reviewing the outfield, um, little predictions, right? Go do some over-unders. Who do we think will get more playing time between certain guys? X-Factors, maybe some guys. Talk about who- Yankees star left fielder on the rise, Aaron Judge. I mean, yeah, I was about to say, Judge talked about moving to left field, which would be very dumb. But, yeah, let's – I mean, who who better to start with than Aaron Judge, right, guys? I mean, you know, Hicks and IKF, stars in their own way. But you know, Aaron Judge coming off a historic season, um, 62 home runs. Uh, right now, the Vegas has his over-under total for home runs right now at 45.5. So I think that's just like a good play. Do you guys think he will go over that? And for uh, baseball reference, they do you know their projections, you know 2023 projections. Right now, they have Judge projected. They have him projected to get 521 at-bats, keep in mind. 41 home runs they have him at. 953 OPS. Can we just go with the disclaimer? We don't have to continuously say that, like, oh, barring health issues. Like, right. uh, We're making predictions. Like, we're anticipating the prediction is based on that. These are all assuming these guys all play 30 games. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, look, this is something I've talked about on recent episodes that. You know, judge like that year baseball reference has, right? Like they have him at 288, 41 homers, 99 RBIs, 953 OPS, 570 slugging, right? Great year, right? That is a great year. That probably gets you top five, top seven at worst MVP voting, right? Like it's probably, to, you know, a year like that probably doesn't win you the MVP, but you're, you know, he's still going to get votes if putting up numbers like that. But the point, you know, the point that I've made, right? And, going to make again is that that's still a 21 home run drop off 150 points lower OPS than he had last year so you know the real like a conservative prediction right it it, it definitely is conservative because you know look there's there's also odds that I forget but what I think I believe it's plus 600 but judge is the clear favorite to lead the league in home runs and RBIs so I mean 40 but you know you kind of realize like a lot of years you know, 45, 50 home runs leads the league in home runs, right? And especially, I mean, you know, if you know baseball, if you know the MLB and have followed this league the last few years, you don't know whether you're getting a juice ball year or a pit, you know, weird pitcher year, sticky stuff year. So, like, you don't know what factors are going to be that, like, who knows? The home runs could be at all time low numbers this year. They could be at all time high numbers. So, you you don't know 40, you know, 44 home runs, you know, that could be eighth in the league at home runs. It could be first in the league at home runs, right? You have no idea. So that's another factor you do have to consider. But regardless, I do think, like, you know, would any of us be surprised if Judge just 
picks up right where he left off, right? Hits, you know, 12 home runs in April. I, I, I say April. I mean, there's they have, I think, one game in March. So, like, you know, so it's 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 basically March title with April. But, yeah, I mean, guys, what what are we expecting from Judge this year, right? I mean, do you guys think he, you know, like I said, picks up right where he left off? Or are we going to see, like, a noticeable cool down? Are we going to see pitcher, you know? Uh, like the walk numbers, I think that's going to be something to really look at because obviously towards the end of last season, people just kind of stopped pitching to him, especially when he was going for that uh, record. And, you know, especially if, you know, Stanton starts cold and there's really no one around to protect him, Judge may not be getting anything to hit, right? Uh, that we may see like a bonds treatment for him. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so so I obviously what I'm about to say goes for basically every major slugger in, in the league, but I, part of... All of this uh, comes down to how he handled the pitch clock, hitter clock. So I, I don't really know offhand if he was in favor of drawing out at bats. To step, I, he didn't really seem like he was, you know, fooling around with his batting gloves and, and stepping out a bunch. He seems like a no nonsense, getting the box, swing the bat type guy. So it actually may work in his favor that he's ready to go. The pitcher's ready to go. You take out a bunch of the delays, changing signs, uh, stepping off. Maybe that works right into his favor, and he has as good of a year. I, I don't know, but um, just for 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 reference, the the FanGraph Zips production uh, projection has him at forty six home runs and one hundred and twenty RBIs, uh, and slugging percentage of five seventy eight. So obviously, there's no way you you could predict that he's going to have uh, a year like he had <laughs> in his MVP season, right? Sixty plus home runs, uh, close to a three twenty batting average. But I think right around that that range, I think we had talked about in our chat maybe a week ago, and I said just under. If I had to take a guess offhand, maybe 42, 43 home runs seems seems about right, which would still be an incredible year. I don't think it's fair to say it would be a disappointment to have almost a 20 home run drop off from what he did last year. But ultimately, if you get that kind of production from him, as long as he's not the only guy in the lineup who is the who's producing – then you don't even notice it, right? It's like, oh, Judge came through. We needed him. Some other night, some other guy stepped up. Fine, whatever. But like the, we, we talked about this. So there were stretches last year where no one was hitting except him. And he had to put up the historical season he did or else we were screwed. That, that was pretty much yeah, the story of the second half of the year. God, yeah. I mean, what do we heard the stat over and over again? Like the last hundred games they played – 50 or the last 101 games they played like 51 and 50 like I think for Judge and Stanton you know any good hitter any of the few best hitters in the lineup it's a matter of who you put around it because we were going over this you know talking about the other night it's like by the end of the season they're putting four nobody hitters in the lineup it's like you know the top of the lineup was some combination of Judge Stanton you know Bader and and then you're throwing like running out Higashioka or Jose Trevino, IKF. Like you're putting four nobodies at the bottom of the lineup. It's like if Stan comes out cold or you know whomever. If you have no one to back up Judge, then what's he going to do? He's why is anyone going to pitch to him? So it, I, I'd be interested to see maybe, um, you know how these position battles play out, but. If he's getting pitches to hit, then I maybe I'm just being irrational or, you know, Yankee, whatever. But like, why wouldn't he hit 50 again? If he's getting pitches to hit, I just that's, that's the main maybe thing I'm just, do. you know, 
it's really, especially early in the year, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he's getting pitches to hit at all. You know, maybe the home run numbers are down because he's getting so many walks and he's kind of taking a patient approach. Maybe he picks it up later in the year, but we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think, look, Judge is, we'll talk about who we think the X factor in this outfield is. And look, it's not Judge because Judge, like we said before, assuming he stays healthy, assuming he plays games, we know he's what, at worst, going to hit 35 plus home runs, right? 800 plus. We know Judge is going to give us, you know, at least B plus level offensive production at worst, probably a level offensive production. We know we're getting that out of judge. So we don't have to worry about judge, but guys over under 45.5 home runs for judge. I'm going to go under just slightly, just like I said, assuming he's getting walked a lot, they're not pitching to him, but I, I do think he still gets to ask, say like 43, 44, like you said, Andrew, I think that's a good number and that's still a great going year. Over. Okay. G's going over, right? 50. I, I look, if he hits 54, he would not be surprised at all, right? That, that's just the type of hitter he is. But, um, guys, let's we go get a over. judge sly grin and you know, video with Cap- his hitting Captain coach, or whatever, judge, right? You gotta mention I'm hitting Captain 50 judge. this year. Oh, yeah, he's gonna come out and flex with his first it, captaincy. It's year. something that obviously you know was announced during with the contract, but it's not gonna really hit you until you, you know, actual game start. It really first hit me when. Like he'd say, oh, going over to Meredith in the spring training game, and it was just Judge with the, with the mic. That's when it kind of really hit me. Like, oh, yeah, this, this dude's the captain. Like, he's, if it, it, obviously he was the unofficial leader, but now it's like there's a label to it. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm expecting another big year from Judge. But guys, let's go to the guy who's you know, going to be the starting center fielder, Harrison Bader, hometown kid. Um, obviously had a big postseason last year. Didn't really remember at a certain point in August, we were like, this is like the worst trade ever. This guy's not even healthy. He's wearing a boot. This is awful. But look, Bader, in my opinion, he's the X factor in this outfield. I think he has to be. I mean, like I said, we know what we're getting out of Judge, right? I think we know we'll talk about this guy a little later, but we know what we're probably getting out of Aaron Hicks, right? Like he's probably, if he even is healthy, which is a huge if. He's probably going to give us subpar offensive production. And then we saw how much his defense dipped off last year. So, hey, this Paris and Bader is the X factor, man. He really is. This guy, look, you look at his career numbers, right? He's never had a season where he's had an OPS over 800, right? So, you do have to kind of, you know, temper your, like, you can't expect this dude to come out and just, you know, have all be all star level production. But look, dude's a great defensive center fielder. If he's just a slightly above average offensive player, that's huge for the Yankees. With the defense he plays in center, I mean, they, like I said, Harrison Bader is the X factor. So, like, what, what are we really expecting from Bader this year? Are we, I don't think we're, any of us are expecting the guy we saw in the postseason, right? Hitting five home runs, just looking like a monster. I don't think we're expecting that, but I don't think it's crazy to expect, you know, a slightly above average offensive year from him. I don't think so either. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be a guy hitting home runs at that pace. But if you go back to his, I don't even want to say his last full season because he hasn't really played more than I think like 130 games in any season yeah, in his career. But like go back, go back to 2021, he hit 16 home runs in 103 games. Um, so like, this, there's there's definitely power in his bat. But we acquired him to be an elite Gold Glove winning center fielder, speed on the bases guy's going to put the ball in play and and be a a nuisance at the bottom of the lineup 
So if you get power on top of that, then it's, it's exactly what we expected. If fans are going in with the expectation of, oh, he was one of our bigger home run hitters last October and he needs to be that guy this year, you're probably going to be disappointed because I, I just don't think he's going to be that guy. But as long as you have the proper expectations, then he's everything that that we needed last year that we weren't getting from Hicks. Uh, you get a full season of that, and you're going to see his impact more in the field and on the bases than you are in the batter's box, and that's fine. Yeah. Bader actually did in his second and third season. He played 138 and 128 games, but he had 12 home runs in both of those, which, like, again, not what you got him for. But I think over the course, if he does play that many games, he could hit 20 home runs, and that would be a nice little bonus. Um, it's meaningful to have him because he is really good gold glove caliber center fielder. Like they played judge so much out there last season. Um, and well, you know, judge one of the two or three best right fielders in baseball is very naturally good. And like when they put him out there, it was fine, but like, it's not what you want, you know, shouts to judge already and borrowing his line. It's not what you want. Um, Obviously, because you don't want him to get hurt playing center fielder. It's more demanding. You have to cover more ground and all that stuff. Like, Bader is fast, and he's going to cover it. He's going to be able a little bit more freely center field because, you know, Judge is going to go out and run around, die for every ball in center field. But, like, so it'll positively affect the defense in that way. And, yeah, if you could get Bader in that, like, you know, 270 batting average range, maybe hit 20 home runs. The Yankees are never going to run the same lineup out there every day. They just don't, right? Like, so Bader is going to hit whatever, first and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth and wherever else, you know, every day of the, every day of the season. But if you could get that bottom half of the lineup, you know, we had, again, so many nobodies in there on a daily basis. If you get him in that 260, 270, get him on base, steal a bunch of bases, maybe pop 20 home runs in like, that's a, an upgrade in the field and at the bottom of the lineup. That's all you really need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. between, And we're obviously going to do a separate infield preview, but you really need between Trevino and Bader, you know, two guys who are – and, I mean, even even throw Donaldson in there. You know, three guys that you have in the lineup because of their defense. It's like you need at least one of those guys to hit. You can't just have two, three, you know, all defensive guys in your lineup. But it's – now, baseball reference has been, they only haven't projected around like 400 at bats. So that's, you know, could be um, anything. But they do have projected a 711 OPS, 12 homers, and 397 at bats. So, you know, that's kind of what he's been for most of his career. So it's kind of to be expected. But yeah, guys, I mean, let's. For 2022 in total, obviously, had the foot injury, played 86 games. Like the last yeah, time he played more than 120 games in a season, 2020 doesn't count. You know, he played 50 games that year. He played in 2019, he played 128 games. So, like the last couple of years, he's been here and there. Like, but like I said, Bader, that's the X factor to me. If he could have a big year, and like I said, by big year, I mean, just, you know, 20 home runs, right? It's a season like that playing the defense he does that's huge for the Yankees because the guy we're about to talk about next pretty briefly because I really don't think there's much to preview is Aaron Hicks um you know 218 last year um the worst part I think about Hicks last year was you know his offense he's been a bad hitter for the last few years but like you always felt like his defense was pretty good good arm you know decent speed but it really felt like just his defense really just fell off last year you know and he just 
a lot of like mental mistakes, a lot of just kind of almost like checking out. So uh, it does seem from what they've said that he's going to be the starting left fielder opening day, at least I, for how, for how long, you know, I, I could see by mid May uh, Oswaldo Cabrera being in there, but I think really with Hicks is like, you know, when I, I you, you never want to wish even guys who are injury prone, you never want to wish injury on them, but you almost have to say, it's like, look, he's whether it's by injury or just being sat, like he's, I don't see him being starting left fielder for more than half the season. Right. Like by the all-star break at latest, I think he's not mine. I mean, could I be wrong? Yeah, but I have nothing. He's, I mean, look, he had an absolute bomb the other the other day in spring training. It left uh, Steinbrenner field. It was probably over 400 feet. But I don't know. Like, I, I just – nothing really tells me that Hicks is going to be, like, the starting left fielder throughout the year. Like, with with Hicks at this point, the projections really don't matter. Like, you're expecting or hoping for what? The bounce back or the call it a dead cat bounce, like, have his injuries – over the course of his all the things he suffered caught up to him and that he just can't do it at that level anymore like he was never like a 300 hitter and all that kind of stuff he was like 270 hit 20 or something home runs and play really good defense remember he had a great arm and you know he had you know his arm injury last year like he his arm looked like absolute crap like and if he's not playing defense, then there's just no point. And if we call it the all-star break as like a, you know, check-in point for that, then I think that's really wasting like 30 games. Yeah, the Yankees are are definitely Um, throwing away games if they give him that long of a leash without him. If it takes them to that point before they cut the cord, assuming he's not producing, then that's a similar level of production. Yeah. Yeah, well, like if he if he turns like it around, made, then sure. Like I was saying, even like as soon as like you know mid May, I could see Cabrera oh. being out there every day, you know. But I'm saying like at yeah. late, like you know by like at latest the All Star break, I don't see him being in there. But like I said, you know what? I, I think a month or so into the season, I think they might just play the hot hand. So even if they they call him the opening day starting left fielder, like what if he only plays three times a week? Like they might be okay with that with a a, a left field by committee type thing this year, which I don't love the idea of not giving someone regular at bats. Cause you keep people like someone like Cabrera. It might work if he plays the outfield two or three times a week, well, yeah. he plays third base once a week and he's getting in there enough kind of thing. But with Hicks, is he better off playing a couple times a week? And, and that sporadic use like transition him to a, a bench type player, or does he need to get like 400, 500 bats in a season for him to actually have any chance of putting something together, whether or not you believe there's anything left in his bat, like does he need that consistency to prove it? It's easier to make an arrangement like that because when you don't play Oswaldo Cabrera in left field, you can play him in second or short or third or whatever. Again, he's listed on the Yankees website right now as a third baseman, which is funny and interesting to me. Maybe it's nothing, but like I think for the purposes of the next three weeks, if you're talking about Aaron Hicks being the starting left fielder, I think you have, have to like be an a- absolutely like showstopper. I think someone has the job him in the next three weeks. And beyond that, it's like a month, a month and a half. Like if he's batting 215 and you know, doing his Aaron Hicks from 2022 thing, then you get a month or five or six weeks. Yeah. And if other than that, like at that point, if it if it's not happening. 
then at that point you have to start being like, hey, look, this is lost. This is a lost cause and eat it or trade him for a single A relief pitcher, you know, whatever you do. But like, I think he'll be the starting left fielder. But beyond that, there's really nothing that he should be afforded because he didn't earn any of that last year. He just looked bad on both sides of the ball, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but it happens to us all. Well, the question is, you know, let's just assume, like I said, you know, let's just assume Hicks by like mid-May, the Yankees say, okay, well, we, you know, Hicks is unplayable, right? He's hitting 150, whatever the case. He's just unplayable. He needs to be on the bench and, you know, maybe play once a week. Now, the Yankee, obviously, Oswaldo had all the outfield assists last year, showed flashes with the bat, showing flashes with the bat this spring as well. Maybe they play, you know, just turn 24. Maybe they stick him out and left. Or... Do they go with the next guy we're going to talk about, John Carlos Stanton, right? Do they go a little? I know Stanton's a year older, but do they want to maybe go with that? And maybe, you know, whatever the case may be between Donald, maybe at that point, if Donaldson, DJ, or, you know, Glaber, maybe one of them, you know, is the DH, right? Or who knows? But, you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do the infield pod uh, on our next preview. But like I said, Oswaldo, is a guy who I know I think people are like a little bit too excited about him because I get all the outfield assists and I get, he looked great in the outfield at times last year, but he still did not come up as an outfielder. Like I, that still matters. And look, a lot of guys are just ball players, right? And you literally put them anywhere and you give them some time and they're going to be good at that position. Maybe he's one of those guys, but I don't know. At the same point, I'm like, it is kind of a risk that, you know, if Hicks is just unplayable, you're sticking with the guy who, you know, came up as an infielder. I do think there's a it's, risk in that. It's definitely a risk, but I guess it's a risk along the lines of like Nick Castellanos or Kyle Schwarber playing the outfield in the World Series like the Phillies did, right? Uh, if you know there's enough in the bat, then you got to find a way to get him in the lineup. Now, again, you could argue, well, if there's something in his bat, <laughs> he came up as an infielder, why not throw him at third? Why not throw him at second? You could even put him at shortstop, right? But I'm less concerned about the defense. Uh, I, I really, it would take it becoming like a real problem, like where it, it rears its ugly head every night. Like, and you just see he's not comfortable. He's not used to being out there until you start saying like, all right, like this, this isn't working. Like we tried, but I'm comfortable with him in the outfield, even if he's just adequate. Is his offer over a guy like Hicks, right? If Hicks was astronomically better defensively, then it's a closer conversation. It's like how much do you value defense versus versus offense? But if Hicks is doing neither, then like at least get the bat in there. Um, that being said, how much of what we saw last year is a flash in the pen, right? Like this, this he did win uh, the Eastern League MVP in 2021 as, as the MVP of, of Double A, right? So like he certainly is a good player all around. Obviously playing infield that whole season, but he, he, this would be his first full season. So you really get a, an idea of, of how how he's going to play play over the long term like playing five games in seven days for for 12 weeks straight like how much does it wear on him to major league pitchers looking at film of him seeing weaknesses in his swing and, and attacking that uh we, we haven't seen any of that and that's the risk with any young kid right like the astros rolled the dice with jeremy Pena and were rewarded for it last year but uh, ultimately i think you gotta you gotta play him as much as you can find space for him and then worry about issues as they show, if, if they show at all. all right. no, it's, 
like I said, it's always anytime you give a young kid the you know basically the keys like that, it's always a risk. But yeah, I do think they got to give. I it think a chance, if but, we're if we're, I mean, if you're flipping a coin, right? Aaron Hicks versus Oswaldo Cabrera. You're like, hey, we're flipping a coin with, you know, is this guy who was really fun and interesting and pretty good last year for real, or are we flipping a guy be like, is this guy who was really awful and looked like he was pretty dead? last year gonna magically come back to life like if you want to give Aaron Hicks like hey you know what here's your tip of the cap like you get the courtesy of being the starting left fielder on opening day whatever but like you know all all and you could say you know we talk about this shortstop we talked about IKF already but like you know to upgrade at in left field offensively and defensively all you need to be is like competent and like decent that's really all you need. And if, you know, Oswaldo Cabrera, he's got that juice. At the very least, he's got a good, like, youthful energy about him. And Aaron Hicks just really didn't have that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would I would rip the Band-Aid off and just let him play most of the time in there right off the rip anyway. But, like, you know, his case is way more interesting because he could play left field and he can play right field and he can play all those spots. You know, I don't really think they should be moving judge at a left or at a right field. I yeah, think they would be way more intelligent to just like put Stanton at left field if they needed to put him anywhere and then do Waldo well, and Hicks and well, the, whatever else they do around. Well, that's the last guy that we're going to talk about before we wrap this up is Stanton, right? Stanton last year, 110 games, just under three or 400 at bats. He had 31 homers, but a 211 average, you know, OPS of 759. Really kind of had a down year, you know, way too many swings. Went through some brutal Stanton stretches, yeah, like he does. Went through some brutal stretches. And look, that's another guy where I'm not sure how much he's going to play in the outfield, but I think they need, they need a little more out of Stanton next year or this season. You know, they really do. And for uh, that reason alone, I know you referred to Bader as the the X factor in the outfit. For me, yeah. it's Stanton. It's just yeah. because of I was you, thinking you about know what his him. upside is. If he stays healthy, if he can play, even if it's like 40 or 50 games in the outfield, fine. If he doesn't hit like 210 again, and he, I think his over-under on his home run prop is like 30 and a half, that seems aggressive to me. But if he clears that, then like we're in good shape. And then you have another bopper in the lineup out, and you don't need Aaron Judge to have a 60 home run season again. To me, a lot of our success this year, at least offensively, relies on on how Giancarlo Stanton bounces back from a down 2022. Uh, he really is like and he's a former MVP, he's a super impactful bat. And we saw that he always rises to the occasion in, in the postseason. But man, when he's hot, he's hot and he's cold. He's like one of the worst baseball players you've ever seen hit in your life. So you can't have that over extended stretches. Most and fans this also stretch would ever be fun. this season was when he had what was it like he had 48 at bats and he was like 548 and all five hits for home runs. Like, I'm like, dude, that like if that is not Giancarlo Stanton to a T, Stantonian, like, you might yeah, say. I'm like, if you had, I'm like, if someone asked you to, like, well, like, what, why do people get mad at Stanton? Like, you would just show them that graphic of like, yeah, he's five for 48, five home runs. Like, this guy is amazing power hitter, but like, bro, how do you get, how do you get out 43 times in 48 at bats? When you're as talented of a hitter Again. as you are, you know, like consistent, even like he does not like he does it 
once every really seems like he does that two or three times a year. So and we forget that he was an all-star. Remember him and Judge both started in the outfield right. for the American League. So like that, that season went off the rails post all-star break very hard because he had a strong first half of the year. Like I'm looking at his numbers now. Like I forgot he had 31 home runs. Like kind of my mind said he hit 25 and only played like 90 games. He played yeah. almost 120 games. He just he was bad. Yeah, 100, was 110 games, 31 home runs. So like the well, I guess the power numbers were there, you know, like if he plays 20, 30 more games, like he probably has a 40 home run season, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's think... definitely a wild card, man. I mean, and he's going to play healthy like too. That's another major 80, thing. 80% of his games at DH, which is fine. But like, um, I don't know. I, if we're talking about like the outfield arrangement in general, I just don't understand why they're, well, they feel the need to experiment with judge in left field like that's that's stupid and if you're bending her backwards to for for carlos stanton to get him into the outfield and and it comes at the price of displacing your mvp to a different position you're really not prioritizing what, what matters like, most here, right? yeah like, I, I get there they want to like if they say you know what we trust judge he can adapt to left field fine we're better off having judge play his gold glove level outfield in left and stanton providing the best possible outfield defense he could provide being in right field. I get the gamble there. I, I get why intuitively they're doing it, but think about what you're doing. Like you're, does the ends really justify the means there? Like you're displacing the guy who just won the MVP and played center field for the most part, just because we needed a center fielder, but like he's obviously a right fielder by trade, moving him to a position that he may have played in college or in the minors, but it's never really played in the, in the majors just to get, another guy who's primarily a DH into the outfield. Like that, it's just, it doesn't add it up. It seems like they're just, maybe it's just some spring training bullshit that they're doing, but it's like judge is a gold glove caliber right fielder. Bader's a gold glove caliber center fielder. And on any given day, rolling out two gold glove caliber outfielders is better than most other teams, right? Like moving him to a position, even if it's for 10 or 15 or 20 games, like, you're downgrading two positions because Stanton for his career was pretty good right fielder, but he's not as good as Aaron Judge. And then you're moving Judge to a position that Hill will, by all accounts, probably be pretty decent at, but there's just no like there's no point. Like it feels to me like secondarily that you're bending over backwards then to cater to like, you know, oh well, we can keep Aaron Hicks on the roster and play him however long, or we can, you know, like it it just seems unnecessary. It just seems fucking stupid. Like why I don't understand why they and I, maybe I hope, that's just, I hope that's just some something they said, you know, that <clears throat> it just turns out to mean nothing because really there's no reason to displace Judge from right field. Really. There there really isn't. Like, if anything, you put yeah, Stanton like, in left. You know. But I mean look, he's he's played there. He played like the bulk of a few seasons there. Like he's not as good as Aaron Judge in right field, but like he's fine and decent in the outfield. Like if you need to put him in the outfield, just put him out there. Like, right. So what? So what are they worried about? Like clearly, playing in Yankee Stadium isn't as much of a of an issue. Like I get the left center field power alley is is a lot of ground to cover. And like, it, what are you worried about him having to deal with the the gigantic left field at, at Camden Yards? Like if that's the case, just play me. No, like, nice. like, like yeah, you can work around having, it that way. And, Having Bader next to him in center field is going to cut off some of the space that he would otherwise have to account for. Yeah, I mean, right, right. It helps, uh, you know, cover up a lot of things when you have a lot, yeah. slower left and right fielder. So the Yankees are definitely still looking at the, well, the Yankees are 28-2 and two all-time when both Judge and Stanton and home runs. 
We get up even if he plays below average defense. If they're, he seems to hit better when he plays defense. If they're both out there, they're both healthy. They both hit home runs. Who the hell cares what he does in the outfield? Because we're gonna probably gonna win that game anyway. Like they, they lock onto weird things. Sometimes it, it's a trend. Sometimes it, it's an underlying metric. Sometimes it's like a, a very basic surface level stat. It is very odd the decisions they make from from time to time. Like I, I understand it in some cases, but other times it's just it seems forced. Yeah, and I think for starters right now, like there's a lot of stuff we'll talk about. You know, obviously we're all hot and bothered and interested in what's going to happen with like you know Volpe and Peraza and you know Oswaldo Cabrera is part of that too. Um, but we still got have the you know we still have the Donaldsons and the IKFs and and the Hickses on the roster. Like for now, it's like these guys are still here; they're still established, you know, as what they are. But it's like until these kids take the job, or these other you know the veterans prove that they're just like fully shot and finished. Like, we have to talk about them as if they're going to you know have the job, which is very annoying because like I would never need to watch IKF play another inning of baseball. But like to hear Aaron Boone come out and be like, oh well, if Peraza and or Volpe, you know, earn jobs, then maybe IKF will play a role in the outfield. We're like, all right, we looked him up on baseball savant and he has an arm strength rating of 25. Like if he can't make throws from shortstop to first base, we don't want to have him making throws from the outfield. Like that's stupid. And just come out and be like, you know, he can't come out and be like, oh well if if these kids are in jobs and we're just going to fucking trade them like what do you you can't really say that but like it seems like they're just you know lying for the sake of lying which is stupid yeah. and annoying like i said a lot of things that Aaron Boone and the Yankees just come out with you just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt but guys let's just wrap up this pod do we think Stanton surpasses that 30.5 home runs over under they set him out. I think he does. I think he's probably low mid thirties, but I think he does get more than 31. Home you push, runs. Can I push it? Can I say about 35 on the nose? Yeah. No, 30.5. 35 is way over. 30.5. Sorry. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going over then. I'll be optimistic. I'll yeah. be the optimist. I'd say low uh, but a lot of it's on health. And it, there's considering he was a complete a lot of up for half the season. If the Yankees, again, this is my other if. We say if health, but also if they don't run out four complete losers to bottom half their lineup and pitchers can't throw sliders in the left-handed batter's box for half the season. Um, I mean, he was really good for the first half, so all he need to do is just, you know, get a little consistency, which easier said than done, but I'll say over. I'm going over 30 and a half, even if it's by one. I'm going to be that guy, and I hate seeming like super pessimistic about everything, but I'm going to go under, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like 18, right? Like 24, 25, 26 is still under that, and it's not necessarily a bad season per se, but I don't know, man. The, the, the trend of him like really struggling to put the ball in play last year, he hit 211. Like that's concerning until I see him make an actual change at the plate like again he's not going to turn into like a 300 he's not going to hit and turn into a 300 batting average guy but like i I need to see some kind of adjustment right he's getting a little older maybe the swing's a little slower and that's why he's behind some stuff having difficulty picking up on pitches and again maybe he benefits from from the pitch clock too because he's he's gonna get there ready to go pitcher's gotta 
just throw something down the middle and he's ready to to blast it into the sunset, right? Like, I, I don't know. But until I see some change, it's doing it for me. And even you go to what, it was like his first spring training at bat and, and they were gassing up, oh, 112.4 miles off the bat or whatever the hell it was. Like that alone, like great. He, the line drive back to the pitcher who ended up making the play and recording him. It's like, he's locked in. It's like, no, he's not. He's locked in when he goes eight for 20, Four of them are home runs, and he's taking good pitches, drawing some walks. Like, show me that, and then I'll, I'll feel like he's back. And even if he batted like you know ten or you know whatever fifteen to twenty or thirty points higher and hit like a few less home runs, like I think, obviously, we're never going to stop talking about how he hit fifty nine home runs. But if he got into like the two thirty two forty range and had just like some more base hits, that would also be acceptable. Like I'd be okay with that. Stands a big. I think, like I said, I don't. Even, I think if he stays, I think if he plays 120 plus games, he's gonna hit in the 30s. I think like he's still at that point, but really, he he's definitely. I, had some I get the conservative issues. projections. Like I he's get the conservative yeah, projections for a guy like Stanton. So we'll see. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident overall about the Yankees outfield. I think the Hicks problem will take care of itself. I think Bader, Judge, and All right. either Oswaldo or. Uh, whoever will be a good outfield. And yeah, I think that will be one of the strengths of the Yankees, you know, Bader, you know, hopefully he won a gold glove with us, right? Like he did in St. Louis. And so do you want to make a prediction then who plays the most games in left field? Like I'm Stanton gonna go Hicks. With, I'm going to go with Oswaldo Cabrera. Cabrera or other. I'm going to go with Cabrera. I think it'll pro- I mean, like that's the crazy thing. Like the guy who wins that, like let's say most games left field could play like 55 games in left field. Right, like you know, oh yeah, just the most, like right? Of 50, all these... 40, 30, 30, 12. It may be like one of those. So, right, does have to be a Cabrera. true majority, right? I, yeah, I think it'll be like Cabrera, plurality. but I still only think he plays maybe, you know, like I said, 60, 70 games out there, give or take. I think that we're going to kind of see like a revolving door throughout the year in left field. I, I think Cabrera is probably the answer too. You're going to get some guys like like maybe Rafael Ortega makes the roster. He throws, he gets some games. I can't believe it. There, I, I, I just. There's no world in which I see them promoting Dominguez, and even then, he's probably more of a center fielder uh, anyway. So, like, it's going to be the guys we talked about. And my my fear is that it'll be Hicks, but my gut tells me they'll give Cabrera enough opportunity out there. I would hope. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you guys. I would hope so, especially because, like we've talked about, when you have a guy like Oswaldo Cabrera, regardless of how good we think he is at any specific one position, when you have him who seems like he's fairly natural and competent in all of them and makes it easier. But I would say he's was, if they felt confident enough to play him in playoff games out there, then um, I think he's got a good shot to play early and often. And also just because even if it's 10 to 15 games, I just, I cannot possibly believe IKF doesn't win the shortstop job that he's going to play any outfield at all over even a guy like Rafael Ortega even if you kept him on the bench for a month and then you got rid of him for someone else who comes along like I just can't possibly see that so I'd say Cabrera yeah hopefully I'm hoping and predicting yeah but that's pretty much all we got for tonight um we're gonna do infield we'll do rotation we'll probably do infield next keep it all offense um like I said, like we mentioned before, talk we'll talk, be talking about Oswaldo in that one too. Obviously, you know, mentioned the Donaldson situation, Glaber, DJ, all that, all those great guys. But 
Yeah. Can't, can we do a coaching we staff? Do. A coaching staff. We're part. actually going to do it. Uh, we're actually going to do a Yankee <laughs> analytical department preview. Um, that's going to be a really fun one. We're going to be uh, talking about a lot of cool stats, things that don't matter. Um, we're going to have people on the pod who have never played baseball or any competitive sports in their life, and they're all going to work for the Yankees because <laughs> that's who they hire. But anyways, that's another discussion for Luigi, for Andrew, for G. This was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. And we'll see you guys next time.